welcome to another Gathering Gain Prophecy Times podcast. We are in episode nine today of our Revelation series, which means we've made it all the way to Revelation chapter eight, which is where we find ourselves today. And uh, so what that means is that we have gone on quite a journey already. We've gone through uh, the vision that that was past that John saw and Jesus told him to write down, which is Revelation chapter one. We've uh, we've gone through the church age and we've looked at uh, Jesus' letter to the church, uh, pictured in the seven churches through Revelations chapter two and three, and now we're still in and moving through the period of time that is to come. Uh, so says Revelation chapter 1, 19. So from Revelation chapter 4 onwards, we're into this future period. Revelation 4 and 5, we see uh, a, a glimpse into the throne room, if you will, of heaven. And Revelation chapter 6 and 7, we, uh, we've started to get into the seals. So we've, uh, that is the seal judgment. So Jesus has the scroll, which is the title deed to the earth. And on that scroll has seven seals. So you unroll it a bit, you open up one seal, unroll it some more, the next seal, unroll some more, the next seal. Or uh, that, that's kind of how I, I see it uh, playing out. I guess there could be seven, uh, seven seals across the, the top and and you open up from there but it makes far more sense logically seal open something is revealed another seal another seal Uh, either way we have seven seals six of them have been opened and we're into revelation chapter 8 which is the seventh seal and what we've looked at is um we uh we've we see that uh the seventh seal reveals uh the next lot of judgments. It reveals the the seven trumpet judgments. Uh, And we know the seventh trumpet reveals the seven bowl judgments. So we're entering into the seventh seal, uh, which will reveal the seven trumpet judgments. So that's where we are. Revelation chapter 8, starting at verse 1. I hope by now you've got your Bible out, you've got your Bible open, and you're reading along with me. Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. Let's dive right in. When he opened, that is Jesus, opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. I just want to pause here. After every other seal that was opened, there was great commotion in heaven. Up until this point in the throne room of heaven, there's been multitudes shouting, multitudes praising, angels praising, the church uh, represented by the 24 elders praising God, just constantly praising God and excited for, if you will, uh, Jesus Christ reclaiming, that is redeeming the earth back to himself out of the grips, out of the clutch of Satan, so to speak, back into the rightful owner, Jesus Christ, the creator of the world. And here it's different. Here we have the seventh and final seal opened. 
and there's silence in heaven. It's almost as if this seventh seal, once it's opened, that's, that's it. Two, two things. That seventh seal reveals and ushers in, I should say, the re- reclamation or the, the redeeming, the, the final stages of the redeeming of the earth. Um, that's the last seal. Once that seal's opened, that's it. The earth is in the final stages of being redeemed back to Christ. That's the first thing. But also what it reveals is, presumably, uh, what's left to happen in that redeeming process. Up until now, the six seals have revealed judgments. This seventh seal being opened reveals something that caused silence in heaven for half an hour. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have run a lot of camps. I've been on a lot of camps and I've had a lot of experiences where um, with a bunch of rowdy kids, sometimes it could just be it's hard enough just with 10, uh, but sometimes I've tried it with 30 or 40 kids and you might be on a night walk and you might sit under the stars and encourage the group to just be silent for 30 seconds or a minute. And man, it is hard to get silence for 30 seconds or a minute. So first of all, it's hard to do. Second of all, it feels like it goes forever. Now in heaven, you've got multitudes of tribulation saints coming to faith in Christ and being martyred during the tribulation. You've got multitudes of the church. You've got millions and millions of angels. You've got the cherubim. You've got all of these beings and people around the throne in heaven and they're making a commotion. But this seventh seal opens and there's silence. This is not a repeat. Now, I just want to, I want to highlight this. Many churches that don't read the Bible as it is written, that is that don't read it for what it is, don't read it literally how it is intended. Um, many, many churches that don't have a literal understanding, reading, interpretation, whatever you want to call it, of Revelation, they will argue Revelation this way. Uh, and there's numerous variations on this. Uh, but again, the gist of their argument is this, that the, the seven uh, seal judgments take place, and then you enter the seven trumpet judgments, which basically is just a review or a retelling of the seal judgments, but from a different angle. Okay, so picture a movie on a movie set. You've got one angle and you see the seven Uh, seal judgments then you come out the other angle and you see the seven trumpet judgments and then you turn around and go to the back and you see the seven bowl judgments so they believe it's all the same things just kind of retold a different way respun a different way looked at from a different angle Um, the other thing that they will say is that these are already happened they're already done all right, so first thing I want to say is if you actually have a look at the trumpet judgments in relation to the seal judgments and in relation to the bowl judgments, they are completely different. Let me just use the first trumpet and the first seal as an example. Um, first trumpet, we're, we're skipping, but we'll, we'll go back. 
verse 7, the first angel sounded and hail and fire followed mingled with blood and they were thrown to the earth and a third of the trees were burned up and all green grass was burned up. That's the first trumpet judgment. If we go back to Revelation chapter 6, starting at verse 2, we find the first seal judgment. And I looked and behold a white horse, he who sat on it, had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer. So the first seal judgment is about this earthly ruler that goes out to conquer the lands, conquer the world. That has nothing to do with a supernatural judgment of hail and fire and blood that is thrown to the earth that burns up a third of the trees and all the green grass. In order to match those up, you, you, you have to do some spiritual gymnastics and it's just wild. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is, do you have any record, have you observed any records in history at all where hail and fire and blood was thrown down to earth from heaven and the resulting consequence of such was that a third of all the trees were burned up. So think of a, a raging forest fire and a third of all trees in that forest fire would be burnt up. We've never experienced a forest fire like that. And on top of that, there's all the green grass is burned up in the whole world. We have no account of that having previously happened. You have to do spiritual gymnastics in order to make this fit something that happened in the past, in order to make this match with the seal judgments. It just doesn't work. Don't do it. Just read it as it is and see what it has to say. This seventh seal judgment, entering the seven trumpets, is a big deal. I imagine uh, the angels and the the tribulation saints and the church saints in heaven around the throne witnessing Jesus opening this final seal and I imagine them seeing it and going oh man I want you know I'm, I'm putting trying to put myself in their position we want God to reclaim the earth we want God to re- redeem the earth but wow What's to come is severe. What's to come is significant. What's to come in order for that to happen is God's show of power and wrath upon the earth. And that stunned heaven into silence for 30 minutes. It's not a repeat of the same. This is the final stages of the redeeming process and it is significant. Verse 2. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God and to them were given seven trumpets. Now, something I want to say is this. If you read verses two through to four, what verse one doesn't say is that nothing is happening in heaven. What it says is that there's silence in heaven. So it's very possible that what we read in verses 2 to 4, and I want you to reflect on it in this context, what we read in verses 2 to 4 is actually what's taking place during that 30 minutes of silence. There's stunned silence, but Jesus is doing something. So read it that way. That's the first thing I want you to just 
understand. It might not be, but most likely these are the things that are taking place during that 30 minutes. Um, the other thing I want to say is the seven trumpets that the seven angels have. We'll get back to the angels in a second, but the seven trumpets. Now, these trumpets are the angels' trumpets. Again, just don't want people getting confused. If you go back to the rapture passages of 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, 16 or thereabouts, and 1 Corinthians 15, verses uh, 52 or thereabouts, if you go back to that, those passages it talks about the trumpet of God these are the angels trumpets they're not the trumpet of God uh, the context is very different uh, these are different trumpets let's not confuse the two the second the third thing I want to point out is that in verse 2 it says and I saw the seven angels it doesn't say I saw seven angels so John knew who these angels were. We've talked about this before. It's a definite article, that word the. It means it's known. I've shared this before, but I'll share it again just to make sure you get the picture here. And that is that if I said to my family, let's, let's go to the park. There's an assumption there that when I'm talking to them, they know what park it is I'm talking about. The park. If I say to them, let's go to a park today, there's no assumption of knowing what that is. They, are right, they can rightfully say, well, what park are you thinking about, Dad? Uh, because I've said a park. But if I say the park, the assumption is that the park is known. The same assumption here we can make regarding the angels. And I saw the seven angels. So there are seven angels that John knows. We don't know exactly who they are or what their role is, but it seems to be that they are known angels or prominent angels. Uh, people argue different things. Uh, perhaps the best uh, explanation is that they are, because obviously we've got the, the, the cherubim that are the ones that are around the throne or protecting the throne, if you will. Uh, they're the ones with all the funky heads and wings and all sorts of different things but there's it's likely that these are a prominent group of seven angel, angels it could be that they're they are seven archangels two of which we know of um, archangel gabriel and michael uh, so we know of those two it could be that these are seven archangels uh, prominent in their roles and uh and they, and my dog is interrupting here, um, but that's okay. And uh, they, regardless, these seven angels are known and they are given the seven trumpets. Verse three, then another angel. So this is a separate angel, an eighth one, if you will. Then another angel having a golden censer. So this is different to the seven prominent angels. Uh, having a golden censer. Now that's interesting, golden censer. If you go back to Hebrews 9 verse 4, you read about the construction of the tabernacle. You read about uh, the temple and how it was structured and set up in, in terms of the priesthood 
and the high priest and their roles and how they would come and make sacrifice and atonement. Now this golden censer uh, in, the tab- in the tabernacle, in the, in the temple, it was in the, the place called the Holy of Holies, which was entered into only once a year by the high priest. Golden censer. So what we're looking at here is because what we know is that uh, throughout Scripture, the Bible talks about the tabernacle, the temple being a shadow of the real thing that is in heaven. So what we're talking about here is something that's occurring in the Holy of Holies, in the throne room of God. And uh, what's taking place there is that which God kind of gave the the rem- uh, not the remedy the the image for the shadow of the the process to the Israelites to do on earth uh, which is uh, an image of that which will take place in heaven so here we have the golden censer in the holy of holies in heaven and this angel had this golden censer came and stood at the altar remember this is the altar that the tribulation saints are sitting under the altar he was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne now the prayers of all the saints so the incense time and again throughout scripture incense is connected with and referencing uh, the prayers of the saints we just had it in revelation 5 verse 8 i'll read it to you revelation 5 verse 8 Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now, in Revelation 5 verse 8, that's the prayers of the church saints. Here in uh, Revelation 8 verse 3, the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar. Now, it says all the saints. A couple of things I want to point out. It could be referring simply to, and I would argue that it is, uh, if we go back to Revelation 6 verse 10, uh, this is referring to the tribulation saints, and they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? How long before your return, Lord? How long before you will judge the ones who have killed us how long before you will judge the ones that have turned away from you i would argue that it's referring to these prayers but i would also argue as it says prayers of all the saints how often have you and i prayed how long lord will you put up with the evil in this world how long lord will you wait before making all things new again This is a common prayer of all the saints across all time. And it is this prayer that is before the throne of God now on the golden altar. Verse 4, And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. So these prayers went up as a a fragrant prayer. Um, a fragrant, uh, I don't want to say offering, but to the Lord, a fragrance to the Lord. Um, Verse 5, Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar. Now, I just want to pause there. 
now, oh no, I'll keep, I'll keep going, then, then I'll come back to it. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. Now, notice that word, threw it to the earth. So first of all, I want to say, we're entering into a realm of non-natural disasters. So we think of earthquakes, we think of these things, volcanic eruptions, as natural disasters. And that, that may be the case in our present time in terms of uh, a decaying world that's falling apart, that's tending towards dis disorder. Uh, however, when we enter into the, the, the judgments in Revelation, we're entering into supernatural judgments through it to the earth. This is God initiated judgment upon the earth. Uh, and we see, we see this, we see the, the noises, the thunderings, the lightnings and an earthquake. This is the sights and sounds of the judgments that take place throughout, the Revela uh, throughout Revelation. We see that in chapter 4, verse 4 to 5. We see that in chapter 11, verse 19. And we see it in chapter 16, verse 18. The same thing. Noises, thunderings, lightnings, earthquakes. Uh, supernatural uh, judgments and showing of the Lord's power upon the earth. Verse 6. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. So these noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake, that was just like the precursor. That was all right. God is powerful. There's something coming. You better watch out. And I think, I think there's, um, there's something in that. And we're going we're to come back to that. Even the half hour, even the half hour pause, silence in heaven. It's almost like it's almost like God's like there's still time. There's still time to repent. There's still time to repent. Noise, lightning, thunderings, earthquakes, guys, mankind, there's still time <clears throat> for you to come to faith in in uh, my son Jesus Christ. Verse 7. We get the first angel sounding the trumpet and this is the if we read through this this is the uh, the judgment upon the vegetation. Excuse me for a sec. So this is the vegetation judgment. First trumpet. The first angel sounded the trumpet. Now notice uh, the angels are not doing the judging. The angels, true to their name, are bringing the message of judgment. Their trumpet. Uh, sounds the message of the coming judgment and Jesus pours out the judgment. The first angel sounded and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood and they were thrown to the earth. Again, a divine action. God is throwing the judgments at the earth. And a third of the earth, uh, a third of the trees were burned up and all green grass was burned up. Now, why only a third? Again, this same thing. This is a partial judgment. This is God saying there's still time and there will be still some that come to faith even through this time. But many and most will not. But this is God saying there's still time. Verse 8, Then the second angel sounded and something like... Now what, what you notice is I want us to compare... With the first angel, it said, it, it, it said this, 
and hail and fire followed mingled with blood. It didn't say, and something like hail and fire followed mingled with blood. So what we can assume from that is that it was literally hail, fire, coming upon the earth that was mingled with blood. That was the first trumpet judgment. The second trumpet judgment, however, is a little bit different. John seemingly is not 100% sure what he's looking at, and so he gives us a description in as best as he can to describe what he's seeing. And he says, And something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. So John's uh, imagery is this. He says, it's some, This judgment, what took place, is, it looks like, or something like, a great mountain burning with fire that is thrown into the sea. Okay, so first of all, it could be possibilities. It could be uh, a great volcano burning with fire that is thrown into the ocean. It could be. However, uh, that is unlikely, I would argue, to have an impact on, on a third of all the Earth's uh, ocean and ocean life. What's more likely is that this is some kind of uh, meteor or asteroid or meteor shower that is uh, poured down and it looks like a big burning lump of rock, a bit like a mountain, that smashes into the ocean. That's, what, that's the most likely uh, thing that that will be. What's interesting is that uh, the governments of the world have uh, monitoring systems that monitor uh, asteroids, meteors, that monitor these things in the atmosphere, uh, sorry, not in the atmosphere, in, the, uh, in space uh, for whether they are likely to intersect with the Earth or not. Because if they do, they, they're, in, you know, they're constantly trying to plan, okay, well, if that eventuates, what can we do to avoid that collision that's going to uh, wreak destruction on the earth? Can we send out a, uh, an unmanned ship to uh, smash into it and, and deflect it? Or what are some things we can do? So they're already, governments of the world are already uh, planning these things for this reality. Uh, unfortunately, the reality is that Nothing can be done here. This is a divine judgment of God. And this comes down like a great mountain burning with fire. And a third of the sea becomes blood. Verse 9. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. So a third of all the oceans of the world turned to blood. And a third of all the creatures, presumably in that third, uh, perish. And a third of all the uh, ships on the ocean at that time also are destroyed. Now, that destruction is likely from a... Because uh, blood in the water doesn't destroy a ship. It's likely that whatever is that mountain burning with fire that hits the ocean, the meteor or the meteor shower that that creates, like an earthquake does, a tsunami or a tidal wave that wipes out a third of the ships on the ocean. Now, in 2016, uh, a study showed that there were roughly, at any given time, around 50,000 ships on the ocean worldwide. 
at any given time. So if a third of those ships are destroyed, let's not forget about all the people on those ships. We're talking about roughly 17,000 ships being destroyed in this divine judgment of God. Now, my first thought is, wow, this seems pretty harsh. Possibly that's why uh, there was silence in heaven. Wow, this seems pretty harsh. Uh, these, are, these are harsh judgments. This is, this is a lot of death and destruction coming upon the world, coming upon, I should clarify, an unbelieving world. But let's, let's not forget, this is just a partial judgment. There's still time, God is saying. This is only a third, a third, a third. There's still time. But if you just fast forward to Revelation chapter 9, verse 21, this is now after the six trumpet judgments, after the first six trumpet judgments. Revelation 9, verse 21 says, even after all these judgments, after all these divine interventions and display of God's power and wrath and judgment, verse 21 of chapter 9, and they did not repent. They didn't repent. Even after all of that, they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries uh, or their sexual immorality or their thefts. The people of the earth did not repent. So it may seem harsh, but we need to remember that A, God is just. And B, even in spite of all these things, the people of the earth did not repent. Verse 10. Uh, so first trumpet judgment was vegetation. Second trumpet judgment was the salt water judgment. Third is a fresh water judgment. Then the third angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven burning like a torch and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. Now, a great star fell from heaven. Now, this uh, in, in comparison to the previous judgment where it was something like a great mountain burning with fire that sounds like uh, meteors, giant meteors or a giant meteor shower. Notice the difference here. In verse 8, it was burning like fire. In verse uh, 10, it's burning like a torch. Now, burning like a torch is different from burning like a fire, obviously. And um, I'm, I'm not an expert on space stuff, uh, but just in a little research that I did, if you look at uh, what a comet is and the composition of a comet, uh, the likelihood a comet versus a, an a, a, a meteor. A meteor is more rock-based. Uh, a comet is more gas and ice-based. And the burning of a comet would look more like the burning of a lamp than a meteor that would look more like the burning of a fire. So that's interesting. Uh, conjecturing, don't know exactly what it is, but it's coming from heaven is burning like a torch and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star, so whatever this is, is wormwood. Now that word 
means a type of bitterness. In Lamentations 3 verse 15, it refers to uh, this very thing, wormwood being in connection with bitterness. And if you keep reading the verse, it clarifies that. A third of the waters became wormwood and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Now, similarly, a comet, when it, uh, when it burns up, it burns, burns up toxic uh, gases and spews out toxic stuff. And if that goes into a third of the waterways, all of a sudden you've got waterways that are not fit for drinking. And uh, you're destroying the, the food supply because you can't irrigate, you're, you're destroying, there's no water to drink anymore. Uh, and so a third of the waters became wormwood and obviously many men died from drinking that water because it was made bitter. And then we go to verse 12. And here we have the, uh, the, the fourth trumpet judgment and it's a, a judgment upon the, the heavenly hosts, if you will read with me. So we've had vegetation, salt water, uh, fresh water, and now the heavenly hosts. Then the fourth angel sounded and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine and likewise the night. Now what's interesting about this is this. If a third of the sun was completely and permanently darkened, this would instantly... uh, freeze the earth. If you've got a third of the sun not pumping out its heat on a permanent basis, this would, this would freeze the earth in, in a not very long period of time. The key to what's happening here is the end of verse 12. And it seems to explain the, the, the start of verse 12. A third of the day did not shine and likewise the night. So you've got a third of the day turning to darkness. So you've got God that just plunges everything into darkness for a third of the day on this day. And, uh, and therefore, that sun is not shining on the moon for a third of the night. So you've got uh, this third of the day that's not shining the sun or the moon as it should normally. And I looked, verse 13, And I looked and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Now, I think it was last week or possibly the week before, I can't remember, that I talked about the three woes. And uh, I'm quite sure I got the timing of the first woe wrong. And I love how the Bible continues to Uh, train and sharpen us. So here in verse 13, we have the introduction of the woes. We have the angel flying through the midst of the heaven, saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe. How many? Three. Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Okay, so it seems like the first woe is the next trumpet. 
the fifth trumpet, the second woe, the sixth trumpet, the third woe, the seventh trumpet, which is the seven bowl judgment. So that seems to be um, the, the layout of the woes. They kick off with the fifth trumpet is the fifth woe. And you, you get in chapter 9, verse 12, at the end of the fifth trumpet, one woe is past and so on and so forth. And this brings us to the end of Revelation chapter 8. So we're introducing here at the end of Revelation chapter 8, the final three trumpet judgments, which then obviously ushers in the seven bowl judgments. So we have come through four trumpet judgments and these are significant. And this is why there was silence in heaven. A third of all the trees and all the green grass gone. A third of all the salt water, all the oceans turned to blood. All, a third of all the ocean creatures killed. A third of all ships on the ocean destroyed. Then you've got a third of all the fresh water uh, turned bitter. And many men died because of it. And then you've got a third of the, the day that is darkened and therefore the moon that is darkened also. And then we get the introduction of the final three trumpet judgments. That's next week. Revelation chapter nine is next week. Thank you so much for joining us for another Gather and Gain Prophecy Times podcast. We look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Much love and God bless.